Yes, today, as Scott mentioned, our Life Plan series continues as we talk about finances, as we talk about finances. And I know there's some of you out there right now like, oh, no, we're going to talk about money. The church is always talking about money. They're always trying to get my money. I just want to let you know that if that's what you're thinking, just bear with me. Stick with us today, because I want to tell you, that is not what we're doing. Today, we are not trying to get your money. As a matter of fact, I think there's a deeper issue that we want to talk about that I hope can impact each and every one of us as we move forward in our finances. And I want to start by asking you a couple questions. Number one, like, how important is money? How important is money? Or how about this? How valuable is money? Or let's take another step. How powerful is money? I mean, in so many ways, money affects our lives. It's important because we need it to kind of take care of the very needs that we have. Food and shelter and clothing. We have a need and it's all taken care of by money. It's very valuable because it has this direct link to our wants. I want a nicer house. I want a nicer car. I want a nice life. And without a doubt, that is linked to money. And it's powerful. And in a lot of ways, the power is because our cultural ideas of status kind of deem it that. And in its power, it could be very good and it could be very bad. Just depends. Listen to some of these quotes on just the different angles towards money. Uh, this person said, money gives you the power to do whatever you want to do. I like the idea of being in control of my life. Or what about this one? The world is ruled by power and power is obtained by money. Or what about this one? The real power of money is the power to give it away. Those are three different angles of the power of money. One, so I can do whatever I want. One, so I can have power. And one, so I can give it away and impact others. As a matter of fact, Carl Sandburg said it this way, I think covers it all. Money is power, freedom, a cushion, the root of all evil, the sum of blessing, right? I mean, it can be taken in so many. This subject can go all over the place. Money's good. Money's bad. Money's evil. Money's a blessing. Money can help you experience life. Money has the potential to destroy your life. Jim Carrey said this, I think everyone should get rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed of so they can see that it's not the answer. But what about Bill Gates? He said this, when I was young, I thought that money and power would make me happy. I was right. <laughs> Two totally different men, right? That have a different focus, a different experience, a different way that it's captured them. And you follow Jim Carrey, man, he's just simplifying and just doing different things. And then and Bill Gates is wanting to give everything away. Just two totally different ways of approaching it. And you know what? The Bible talks about money and finances a lot, and it is just as all over the place. It comes at many different angles. Proverbs 14, 20 says, the poor are shunned even by their neighbors, but the rich have many friends. Well, I wouldn't have many friends. I don't want to be shunned by my neighbors, so I'll be rich. Ecclesiastes 10.19 says, money is the answer for everything. Or what about 1 Timothy 6.10, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. There's just a few verses, of, of verses all over the Bible. And here's the reality. They're all right. They're all true. 
because it just impacts us and affects us in different ways. And money can be used to accomplish the most amazing things one can imagine, but that money can also be this destructive thing of our worst nightmares of what it can accomplish. But here's the deal, that the importance, value, and power of money is not gonna change. It's not gonna change, it's not going away. It's, it's what's gonna be in front of us. So with that, I just hope that we can think a little differently today. Just kind of think through some things that I think is the deeper issue. Now we could look at it as the deeper issue of our society as a whole, right? But I just wanna remind you, our society as a whole is made up of individuals. And us individuals are the ones that form, develop, and make our society what it is. So anytime you wanna look at the society, oh, our society's like this, man, I just really realize it's a reflection of me. It's just a bigger reflection. Sometimes that looks uglier, right? But it's a reflection of us. So what's the issue? Matthew 6, 21 is a verse that just really has gotten me to think a lot about this area. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And in that passage, geez, I've used that passage for so many different ways. I've considered it in so many different angles. But he is talking about money. He's talking about treasure. He's talking about what we're building. And that verse teaches us something very important. Something I think we need to consider and pay attention to. That how we pursue what we desire, what we go after, the things that we accumulate and what we put value on captures our hearts. Where our treasure is, that's where our heart will be. We're all captured by something. Whatever it is that we go after, whatever it is, there's something that is capturing us. And then as that captures us, right, and our hearts get locked in on that, then those become the things that we go after and we pursue and we desire and we accumulate and we value. It's a cycle that every one of us are on, good or bad or indifferent. It's just the reality. We're all captured by things that then drive us and move us. That's why I think how we approach money is so different because how we approach money does capture our hearts, which deeply affects our lives. And it could capture each of us differently. That's why you see it coming in so many angles. It's not just this simple one thing you can say. So my hope is that the positive aspects of money is what captures us. And maybe in our time today, we will heed some of the possible warnings that you see in the scriptures so that money doesn't capture us in the wrong way, but it gets us moving in the right way. 1 Timothy 6, 9 says, people who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. Have any of you ever known someone like that? Have you ever been that? It doesn't matter if you have money or don't have money. It says how it captures you can lead you into this area of destruction. I think we've all seen that, and I hope and pray that for each of us here, that's not the end result of our relationship with money. And I think anything that's other than that is probably positive, right? More positive than negative. So here's what we're gonna do. I wanna just give you three things that I've been thinking about, three things in my life that I hope help you kind of maybe not be trapped by this destructive things that money can do in our hearts that might be able to set our hearts on better things. And then I'm gonna in, uh, invite up a couple of my buddies that are financial planners and we're gonna talk some, some basic things, some things that might help you move forward when it comes to your finances, okay? The first thing is this, seek wisdom. Seek wisdom. 
And I just cannot encourage you enough that, man, if you don't have your finances figured out or you're stressed or you're consumed, seek wisdom. And I don't care where you're at. You could be 18 years old and you could be 60 years old. Learn to seek wisdom. My son right now is 20 and he hangs out with this guy that's challenging him on things financially as a 20-year-old. Things that a dad, he would say like, dad, be quiet, right? But he comes home talking about that. Seeking wisdom is so important. Now, you might have your finances all together, but if you don't, seek wisdom. Proverbs 17, 16 says, of what use is money in the hand of a fool since he has no desire to get wisdom? Oh man, that is so powerful. I would consider myself a little bit more foolish than wise. Any of you who know me probably agree. So seeking wisdom is important. I got to spend the last couple, last week with these two financial planners for a few hours talking about this. And I've already went home and started talking to my wife about some of the things that you're gonna hear today. So seek that wisdom. It could change your life. And I wanna tell you in September 11th, coming up next month, we are starting a Financial Peace University class, which is Dave Ramsey's program. It's a program that I have seen radically transform lives of people that I know. They are out in the hallway today. Let's pack that thing out. If you are either in a difficult place or you're wanting to just get a control of some things, not be consumed by things, go join the class. They're out there. Maybe you're someone that just needs help. And we have a deacons that sometimes will walk with people in their financial situations. Now, we don't just hand out money. That's not what we do. We help with some things. But a lot of times they just want to sit down and go, how do we get you so you're not in this situation next month or three months down the road? And Community Mission of Hope does the same thing. Maybe you're homeless out on the street. You know someone that is. Send them the Community Mission of Hope. They'll have a, a caseworker with them. And the goal is to get them moving in a better way way, but seeking wisdom. Dave, Dave, uh, um, Dave Ramsey said this, change is painful. Few people have the courage to seek out change. Most people won't change until the pain of where they are exceeds the pain of change. Isn't that not true? So if you're not at that place yet of pain, but you're seeing it, man, or you're seeing difficulties, Begin to move forward. It might be the hardest thing you do is to seek wisdom, to go to that class, but it just might be the most powerful thing you do for your future. So seek wisdom. The second thing is this, strive for contentment. Strive for contentment. Oh, I have to say, when it comes to praying and seeking God, when it comes to my finances and my life, contentment is what I strive for. And yet it's, it's not always that easy, but it's a huge point if you're gonna be seeking God instead of like, oh, take care of this, give me that, change that, I need that. Man, to me, it starts with, Lord, help me to be content with where I'm at and what I have. And that could be a powerful, life-changing reality in your life if you begin to focus on it. First Timothy 6, verse six says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world and we could take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Now, now some people just have a propensity towards contentment, right? It's easy for them. But, that, but not everyone has that. My sons had that when they were 15 or 16. Now they're 21, not so much, right? Fun how that changes. I don't need anything, you know, and then all of a sudden. So some of you, it's easy. But for some of you, maybe you're like me. And it takes focus, conscious effort that might not come easy to just 
be content with what you have. To believe that I'm just as happy driving a 10-year-old Prius with 160,000 miles that the front fender I have to duct tape on is just as good as a new car. I get captured by the new Priuses. They're amazing. And I always sit there and go, I wonder what they're at, what the rates are now. And I have to sit there and control. That's me. Ask my wife who the spender in our home is. It's her. No, it's just me. <laughs> and contentment takes focus. Being content. It's not easy in our culture, man. It's bombarding us, right? Bombarding us with things that are going to make you happier and make you more content. And we know that's not the case, but it takes prayer and focus and striving after contentment. In Luke 12, Jesus talks about this, verse 15. Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. But it does in the world around us, doesn't it? It really does. Our our value is in that. And feeling unsatisfied, like I need more, that I'm not as successful as I could be, can strip us of really experiencing life today and now. And it can move us. That discontentment instead of contentment can move us to make destructive financial decisions that could have last long-term effects in our lives. Okay, so seek wisdom, strive for contentment, And the third one is take steps towards generosity. I don't know if there's anything when it comes to finances over the years that has helped my wife and I be content and feel satisfied financially as learning to give and realizing what a blessing it is to help others. That can change your life. That can make you think more about what you spend and what you need and what you think you need than anything else then when you begin to have that heart, be careful of loving money and using people. We should love people and use money to do so. That will create a healthy relationship in our heart. When that captures our heart, it will really lead us to something beautiful. Acts 20, 35 says, it is more blessed to give than to receive. So if you find yourself stressed over money, consumed by money, desiring more money, and I don't care if you don't have money or if you have millions, I would encourage you to become a giver because that can create contentment more than anything else. 1 Timothy 6, 18 says, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share so that they may take hold of life that is truly life. That's a healthy relationship with money. Then I believe if you could sit there and seek wisdom, strive after contentment, and take a step towards generosity, I believe then money won't be in control of your heart, but you will be in control of the money that you have and how you use it. And that's a healthy relationship with it. So I'm going to invite up a couple of my friends right now to talk. But why they're coming up and we're getting ready. I want you to pull out your booklet. If you don't have a booklet, your phone or thinking. What of those three things do you think would be healthy for you to focus on? Would it be seeking wisdom? I'm going to go and join that class. I'm going out today and I don't want to because I know it's going to be hard, but I'm doing it. Would it be maybe just striving after contentment? I need to be good with what I have. I already got more than I need. Or is it going to be maybe becoming generous? I'm going to learn to be a giver and what might be that step? Which is that? I want you to think through that, write that down for the next minute as we get ready to hear from a couple of my buddies. So go ahead and do that.
All right, man, I hope you guys have been thinking through some things and applying that, but I wanna introduce you to Dave and Mark. Let's give them a hand. Thank you so much for being here. Um, they have been in the area for, I mean, they've been working, been in the area a long time, but working in the financial industry combined over 60 years of working with people. And I've had the privilege over the last couple of weeks just to spend some time with them. I've kind of known them and getting to know them a little more. And I tell you, the things that we're gonna talk about, I'm already taking home and already thinking through, so I hope it will be beneficial to you. But Dave, uh, a, a couple of months ago, I was in your office and I, we kind of brought up this day and you, you were passionate about something right then and there about something that's really important for people to think about that might help them financially move into a better place. I thought we'd have you here and share about that. So tell us what that is that you think is super important. Well, it's really, I've been in the Valley since 1989, my wife and I, and I tell you, for those that are trying to get started, this conversation is those for people trying to get started. It's very important that you pay yourself first. You know, what, what? Pay yourself first. Right now, if you're working, you get a paycheck, you're paying someone first, and it's not you, it's the government. The government takes a big chunk out of your uh, check, and then what's left you have, uh, you use for bills and fun, and after that you go, do we have any money to save? Eh, not so much. If you turn that around, and pay yourself first, and then the government, and then your bills, and then your fund. You don't have to think about what you're gonna save, you've already done that, and that's a start. So the key there is you got started by paying yourself first, and it's very powerful. You made yourself the priority. And the second thing is to know your numbers. There's a very popular TV show called Shark Tank, and Mark Cuban will eat you alive if you don't know your numbers. Why would he invest in you if you don't know your numbers? In fact, if you don't know your numbers, how can you invest in yourself? I ask couples all the time, like, well, what did you pay in taxes last year? They go, oh, didn't we get a $400 refund? Wait a minute, you may have paid $18,200 in taxes, and then you got a $400 refund, but you paid 18 grand in taxes. Oh yeah, that's right, well, what can we do about that? Lots of things. By paying yourself first, you can actually lower your income taxes. By paying yourself, by having that, right now the government automatically takes some money out of your check. Beat them to it. Take your money automatically out of your check. That's tax deductible. And now you have started and you've created your own account and you've created a nest egg and you lowered your taxes. All that's good. And that nest egg you can use for unexpected emergencies instead of a credit card. Again, all that's good. Very practical implications are associated with that. So how best to get it done? Make it automatic. The government does not require you to write a check every week to pay your tax bill. They take it out automatically. Do the same thing. Pay yourself automatically. When you do that, it's painless. You won't miss it. You don't even know how much it is because you don't even know what your tax bill is, for crying out loud. So do it automatically. So pay yourself first. Okay, now, now that you've paid yourself first, now what do you do? Well, you've got some cash. See this stuff? Picture of a dead president on green paper? You use that to go to In-N-Out Burger. That, you know, it's very liquid, pays you nothing. Your checkbook, use that to pay your utilities. Keep the lights on, your groceries. After that, start saving. Excuse me, don't, don't and save that money for what you may spend in the next year or two on some, something you know you're gonna have to take care of. Do not invest that money if you know you're gonna spend it in the next year or two. Then after that, invest, and invest consistently. And that's where it gets a little tricky. So I'm gonna to try to demystify this. If you're just getting started, own the market. Own the whole stock market. The stock market is actually the market for stocks. Buy the S&P 500, whatever they call it. Just do what you need to do, buy the market. 
Oh, but it goes up and down. I heard about that. And the press tells me I got to worry about things like interest rates, the Fed, Middle East, oil. Oh my gosh, that's been going on since Old Testament times. <laughs> I mean, literally. So pay yourself first, invest in the market, and do it consistently. And here's the weird part. You actually hope the market goes down, not up. What? Why would I want to see my money go down in value? Because every single week you're buying. You're a buyer, not a seller. So buy and buy and do it consistently, and you do very well. Because the trend is your friend. And if your colleagues or your peers or your parents don't, don't, don't understand this, do yourself a favor. Go look up the Dow Jones Industrial Average. See where it was on the day you were born. Now look at where it is today. Dramatically higher. Thousands and thousands of times higher. It's crazy. It's been going up your entire life, yet most of us are afraid of it because we look at the, the daily gyrations. Ignore that. And the press is there to give you all kinds of noise. Why? Because they're trying to sell advertising time, for crying out loud. Don't let that do, don't, don't do it. Now, this is important. You do not invest to get rich. You don't do that. You invest to stay ahead of that, what we call the twin thieves, taxes and inflation. You actually need to invest just to stay ahead. If you don't, you're going backwards slowly. So that's why. And when you do that, it's incredibly liberating. It's a lot less stress in your life, there's a lot less worry, and there's a greater capacity to give. And you know, my wife and I know about this because you can actually then enjoy the fruits of your labor. We raised and put nine kids through college and, and private schools. We know that stewardship can be hard. We know that there's such things called bills and demands. We understand that. When the world's full of noise, ignore it. Stay focused, and right here in church, have faith that your own perseverance will be rewarded and you can actually reap and yield the financial freedom you're looking for. Hmm. Pay you. yourself first. Yeah, you know, and, and as we are talking about that because sometimes I get caught up and I'm putting this in like, oh man, it's gone down, oh, it's gone up, it's gone down, but you, you pointed out these numbers that on a daily basis, it's like 50% positive, 50% negative, but then when you go out to a year and to 10 years and to 15 years, that changes. Explain that real quick to us. On a daily basis, the market's up or down, up 53% of the time, down 47% of the time. That's a coin toss. Who would invest their life savings in a coin toss? You gotta be a fool. On a daily basis, the odds are not good. On a yearly basis, the market's up 74% of the time. On a six-year basis, the market is up 91% of the time. Now let's try to live 16 years. Every rolling 16 years, start any day you wanna go, every 16 years, including the Great Depression, the market is up 100% of the time. Hmm. Now, some years are, some rolling periods are more powerful than others, but it's never lost money in every 16 year period of time. Those are good odds. So that patience and just keep it and don't be a day trader with your 401k, <laughs> just, right. just let it go. Now, there's another hiccup out there though that we need to really pay attention. It's something you brought up when we met. So, so what's a big hic hiccup that can stop us from moving forward in these areas that Dave just talked about? Yeah, so my role here is Dr. Doom. Um, Dave got to talk about the good stuff. And so I'm going to be addressing the crazy world of credit card debt mm -hmm. and uh, going into different components of it, hopefully get you some action plan items and different commentaries as well. I, I do want to start with a little levity. I, I feel blessed to be here, and I appreciate this being our fourth service together. 
I also feel a lot tanner because of these lights, <laughs> and I've always wondered how Steve is so tan, and then yeah. now I... Baby oil every now, Sunday know, morning, so, I'm looking yeah. good, you know, so, by the end of the day. I've got to interrupt you. These lights make me look bald, uh, and... No. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. So, um, anyway, you know, with credit card debt, obviously many of us have dealt with it through our lives. Some of us have used it in, you know, emergency situations. Some of us have let it get away from us, and... Um, Right now, you know, if you look at the stats in, the, in America, we're sitting on over $1 trillion in credit card debt. Um, they recently ran a, a, a survey that 9%, 1 in 11 Americans, don't feel that they'll ever get out of debt, which is just sad. And the reason that is is because we're seeing such high credit card balances and high fees and interest rates that are tied to these. You know, right now, the average balance on a credit card in the state of California is $6,481 at 16.99%, which is very generous of them to knock off that 0.01. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, it's very important for us to focus on that. I want to share an example with you up here. You know, if you took the $7,000 balance at this point and you're only paying the minimum payment, which is typically the 2% per month, that's $140 per month, and you're looking at a seven-year, four-month payback on that, and you're giving that credit card company $5,270 in interest, which is crazy. So our goal here is to kind of give you a little blueprint of some actions that you could take to get rid of that quicker. First things first, um, Dave mentioned know your number. Obviously in that world, paying yourself, and you can't really pay yourself until you control your debt. So the other number that you're gonna to wanna to know on this side of the house is that your FICO score. That's your credit score. It dictates everything in our life related to what kind of loan can we get, what kind of interest rate can we get. Um, it even impacts your you know, insurance premiums and some jobs require minimum credit scores. So definitely monitor what that is. That's your starting point. You can go to creditkarma.com. You can go to other apps or even your own credit cards that you hold and get your score for free. But that's your starting point. Next step, open your credit card statement. Don't shy away from it. Look deeply at what your current interest rate is, because many of you may have started at a teaser rate. Um, people think interest rates are down now, we should only be paying a couple percentage points, but they're in this for profit, you know? Visa and MasterCard, they're not messing around. So you may be upwards of 24% and not even know it. Then take the next step and visit a site that's designed to give you some shopping alternatives, whether that's a Wallet Hub or Nerd, was it, sorry, is it Wallet Hub? Yeah, Nerd Wallet and WalletHub.com. Those are great locations for you to be able to find different rates that are available in today's marketplace. Other opportunities to be able to transfer your balance possibly at a 0% rate with a possible fee. Sometimes they charge up to 3% to do that. But if you are disciplined enough to take that 0% transfer over for the next 12 to 18 months and pay it off, that 3% is a lot less than the 16.99%. Also, to circle back to what Dave said, you know, I mean, if you pay off your credit card at 16.99% right now, you're effectively earning 16.99% on your money. Um, it's a quick way to do that, and that's where we should take the first steps. Lastly, on this action list, you know, take a look at your credit cards. The average amount of credit cards in California households is 3.2 right now. So if you have a credit card that has a, you know, find the one with the lowest balance and the lowest minimum payment, pay that, and then add additional funds to it. Focus on it, get it paid off, cut it up, have a credit card party, then move on to your next. You know, a credit victim. card throwaway party, right? Not yeah, like, we're not celebrating. Zero, I yeah, can yeah, use yeah. this one again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 
Don't put the party on the car. <laughs> yeah, totally. Exactly. Uh, another thing you always hear, you know what? Simple steps, like knock that $5, you know, cafe mocha at Starbucks out once a week. That's $5 times five times a month. That's $25. Apply that to your credit card. Um, I do want to take that one step further just because I want to circle back to Stephen, uh, his reference to uh, generosity. Um, one of my favorite quotes is by Vince Lombardi, the measure of who we are is what we do with what we have. Take that second day of the week, take a Tuesday, knock out that cafe mocha again, save that $5, multiply it times five, it's $25 a month. Give it to Rancho for the amazing things they do or give it to a cause that's close to your heart. Um, because I can tell you from personal experience, to have financial peace, you need to not only pay yourself, control your debt, but you have to be generous and, and give what you can and help others. Um, my wife and I, Kathy, uh, we dealt with a diagnosis of autism 16 years ago with one of my sons, Nicholas. And I was on a fast track at that point, you know, with a large investment firm, and I was Johnny Wall Street mentality. Money, cars, houses, that's all that was on my radar. But God had a different plan. Um, and at that point, I realized what the most important things in life were as far as friendships, relationships, helping others. And we built that into our practice with our clients, you know, hundreds of our clients planning for retirement, college, whatever the case may be. I've seen the most successful, not only financially, but from a whole centered approach, living longer and happiness by those that give back in addition to targeting their own liberation. So, um, Albert Einstein, another one of my favorite quotes, he's a pretty smart guy, I think. He said, try not to become a man of success, but rather a man of value. I wake up to that every morning. And just to finish, um, as referenced in Romans 13:8, let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another, for whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. Yeah. You know, these... Uh these principles might seem simple, but like I mentioned, I mean, they're, they're valuable to us. My wife and I got out of credit card debt by that exact system he talked about. So maybe before you can get to where Dave talked about, you need to set that life plan of saying, I'm gonna take that extra 20 bucks. I'm gonna pay my lowest card. When that pays off, I'm gonna take that whole chunk and move it to my next one. And I'm just gonna keep doing that. We did that and it works. And it's a long-term, you know, long-term, but it creates freedom. And, and as you know, that's going down, it creates, and then just the chipping away and putting away. I love that idea of once I'm putting away into my retirement and I'm saving first, then if at the end of the month I don't have much, I know I already did that. And that, that there's freedom in that. You're putting away for your future. So uh, thank you guys so much for being here. And uh, just in closing, I just have one last thing to say. Start somewhere, start anywhere, right? It's like take a step in one of these areas. And think about that in your life plan. Go out and start this Financial Peace University and say, we're going to start that. For us, what Dave was talking about, my wife and I have been putting away into our retirement consistently, but we haven't raised it. All of a sudden, he, you made me look at my numbers. And I'm like, oh my gosh, for three years. And I told my wife, what if once a year we would have raised it by 50 bucks? We would be at like $200 more a month, let's say right now, and we wouldn't even think about it because it would be gone. And so that was our challenge, just kind of bump that up because I know it will go away. It might hurt a little now, but it will go away quickly to where we're just budgeting better now. And so thank you guys so much for everything. And uh, go out there, talk out there, go to Financial Peace. Thank you guys for being here. It's been awesome to be here with you guys for the day. And let's, uh, let's close in a word of prayer. So Father God, um, we know that money is a big deal in our society. It's important, it's valuable, it's powerful, but it doesn't need to capture our hearts. 
We want you to capture our hearts. We want your heart to capture our hearts. So help us as we kind of just navigate our own financial lives, whether it be the need to seek wisdom, whether it be the need to strive after contentment or to take a step towards generosity, that we would take a movement. And if, and if credit card debt has us, may we just take these principles that Mark talked about and start a slow journey towards recovering from that and moving from that so that we could begin building as, as uh, um, Dave talked about, just uh, into our portfolio and, and moving into a healthier future, that we can experience freedom in life and the ability to be generous and give and be thousands of friends advancing your cause. What a beautiful picture we can have of not having money control us, but we control it and move forward, making a difference in the world around us. So may your kingdom come and your will be done in and through our lives for your glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen.